Hello there. This episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 150, is brought to you by Blue Haven, New York City sports bar for grown-ups in the West Village. Looking for a great place to watch sports? Go to Blue Haven. 19 beers on tap, 35 bottles, fantastic food, and every game that you could possibly want to watch in a great relaxed atmosphere. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Okay, ready to unload. Nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this great guy. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Wednesday night, it is 10 p.m., it is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Nice, the podcast, episode number 150. 150 times! I have said that or some variation thereof. Yes, we've made it. We've made it. Cue the Barry Manilow. We made it through the rain and kept our... <laughs> as Bishop PJ <laughs> expresses regret at not having that song ready to go. He did not see the Barry Manilow reference coming. We made it through the rain and kept our, cell, our point of view? I don't know. But welcome to the program. We have a lot of New York, and other sports to talk tonight. It's a great show. It's going to be a great time. It's October 16th, 2013, episode number 150. Hi, I'm Steve Sampietro, otherwise known as Sam Pete in these parts. And uh, it's going to be a really great show. We're going to talk a little bit about Yasuil Puig and the theatrics and the celebrations and the, and the, the, the gyrations and the... The, the the unwritten rules of baseball and baseball etiquette and everybody why I do declare everybody's become southern why <laughs> everybody's experienced the vapors when Yasiel Puig throws his hands in the air and waves them like he just doesn't care no we're going to talk about uh, the unwritten rules of baseball and uh, in the other sports are celebrations too big have they done too much and uh, it's a, it's an interesting conversation that Cal and I have been sort of dying to have it's been written about a ton so 
We're going to do that. And uh, then we are going to uh, talk about the Jets and the Giants. Uh, probably a little bit. And also the 32 best calls in the history of uh, the sports there. So anyway, let's bring in Cal. We should do that probably, Cal. right? Cal. Hi. Hi. Is 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 uh, can PJ still hear us? This is important because I don't think this band knows the words, which is why it's awesome. <laughs> Just listen. I don't anybody for this? Wait a minute. I'm almost positive. I, I'm almost positive the word... The word pills is not in the original. That's right. I can't be sure. You're right. They don't know the words, do they? They don't know the words, but they decided to record it. Could Cal. not get Seal, I guess, huh? Cal, you said there was going to be music by Seal. Well, tonight's show, we came close. Is this what, is this what Glee is? This is not Glee. Oh. This is the best band ever. Who is this? This band is called, are you ready? I, I'm, I'm done. Failure to Achieve. <laughs> you can say that again. Oh, hey, no, what, sorry, what? no, no, that, oh, sorry, I got it wrong. They're called failed, that... to ex- failed to Excel. <laughs> Where did failure... even, even better. Yeah. Where did Failure to Achieve come from? That's not even That's close. their album. That's the album. <laughs> That's the album title. Fail to Excel, Failure to Achieve. They're really not a high confidence. They're not a high confidence outfit. Basically failing. That's great. It's like make up your words night at the Sizzler. Like whatever. Okay. I've been kissed by a pill. All right. Okay. Okay. You're gonna tell me that's not Glee. It's definitely not Glee. Did they appear on Glee? At any point? (laughs) I'll look them up. I don't think. Did they try to get on Glee, but they just couldn't, they failed. They failed to get on Glee. That's the name of the follow-up album. Failed to get on Glee. Rock failed to get on Glee. Failure to achieve. Failed to excel. Failure to get on Glee. Yeah, failure to get on Glee. That's a good album. By the way, that's Bishop talking now. Yes, That's, that's Bishop. Bishop is talking. Hello, the Bishop. How are you? Hello, the Bishop. Good to see you, the Bishop. Hello, the cow. How are you, the cow? Uh, Cal, how are you? Welcome to the program. You're uh, Brian Calvi. You're, I am. You're the co-host of the program. I'm the other part of Cal and Sam Pete. Well, you're the the front part. Yeah, that's just in, t- in me. If we were if we were in one of those horses, like those, you know, <laughs> those stage horse puppet things, you would be the front. I would be in. I would be the back of the horse. Like the Chinese New Year one? That's right. That walk like in different dra- directions? Like dra- if we were a Chinese New Year dragon, can we say that? Is that okay? I don't know. Is, that, is there a team name? The Chinese dragon? <laughs> Are they going to make us change that? Yeah. Um, 
You you would be the front of the dragon. I would be the back of the dragon. I would, but everybody knows that the back is where everybody's waiting for. Is that right? I don't think that's right. That's ancient Chinese tradition. Don't you stop right there, Steve? Because I know what you were going to say after no. ancient Chinese. No, no, it's not a secret. It's it's out there. It's everybody knows. Everybody knows about it. So how's everybody doing? How are you doing, Steve? You always ask me how I'm doing. Steve, how are you doing? Right. I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm excited. I'm a little nipply. A little about, anxious. About what? You know, there's, we're, we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to talk about it until next year. This is, this is an Uber teaser. Wow. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of confidence that we're still going to be here. That's correct. Next year, episode 150, and I'm feeling good about episodes. <laughs> next 50. Um, I uh, I'm I'm excited. You know, some career stuff, but it, going nice. There could be some exciting stuff, and I but I'm just anxious about it. Yeah. Well. And then, and then of course there's the lack of sleep. Not getting a lot of sleep these days, huh? Hey, look, we bought our tickets. We knew what we were getting into. This is you not know? a surprise. We had the brochure. It's right on, like, page two of the fold-out brochure with the two kids. It's even got one of those, like, starbursts on the front detailing what's inside, and that's what it says. That's right. And Don't then sleep. In... Tune to page two. <laughs> right. And then you open it, and there's a sleepy couple there, just, like, on the couch. Yawning. Yeah. Like, and not, not enjoying each other at no. all. Not enjoying each other's company at all. We had a wedding this past weekend, though. That was delightful. Well, that's nice. We had grown-up time wedding in, uh, in Philly. Boy, I tell you, the grown-up time is so appreciated now. It was pretty money. It was great. It was, uh, you know, I, I love the children dearly, dearly, but awfully nice to sort of wake up on your own volition. Yeah. Like just to open your eyes on your own. Yeah, I love that equally as dearly sometimes. <laughs> well, you've been dealing with it for way longer than I have. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It and is, right? You don't have to feel guilty. It's okay. I feel, I feel extraordinarily guilty. No, but that's good. But you look, you look good. I don't feel guilty don't when I'm trying to watch Red Zone Channel, though. Like when I'm trying to sneak four hours of Red Zone Channel in after the Jet game. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm making up elaborate games for Wesley to play that involve me just still sitting in the living room. Right. That I don't feel guilty about. It's all under the pre- – you use the pretense of, of teaching Wesley about football. That's right. He could care less. Watch the game with me the other day. Watch the Jet game. You did? He did. Watch that. He... We got a half. The first half, which okay. was good. It was 9-6 right. of the half, and he was interested. Okay. He had, to they... put his, he had to put his jersey on. Daddy had his jersey on. He went to get his jersey which is a, a cut-rate Braylon Edwards jersey that I got on eBay for $6. What? What's, what's the big... I thought that... But it's like a nice jersey. It's like one of the Reebok like, replica jerseys. Oh, yeah. No, you just, you know... I, I, just, I just think maybe if you purge yourself of all things Braylon Edwards, you will feel better. I'm not sure that's possible. <laughs> and he loves, he loves it. Loves it. I think that candle may be flaming out. What is your... What is, oh, he's done. What does your jersey say, Daddy? Mine says Martin. What does yours say, Wesley? Mine says Edwards. Oh. He's, a, he's a criminal, Daddy, isn't he? No, 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 no. Alleged. Alleged criminal. Doesn't prove uh, anything. Right. <laughs> Wesley, there's this thing called a court of law. Court of law. You never want to wind up there. Ever. Why don't you just get him a Gastineau jersey? <laughs> 
I'm going to get him a Bridget Nielsen jersey. Oh, nice. Oh, I'll get him a Gassano jersey and a cutout of Bridget Nielsen. Right. A six-foot cutout of Bridget Nielsen. Do you know where I could get one of those? I bet you, uh, I bet you Bishop knows. I bet you knows. Bishop knows where to get one of those. I bet you he's got a couple. <laughs> he, he, he comes on and he says, what movie do you want it from? <laughs> what era? What Brigitte Nielsen era? Do you want Rocky IV era? Do you want Stallone or do you want Schwarzenegger? Do you want Beverly Hills Cop 2, Alphabet uh, Crimes? What do you want? Red Sonja. You want Red Sonja? Bishop is here as well. We should introduce him to Cal, I feel like. But I feel like I he's... we did. I feel like he's talking into an intercom. Are you... Where are you? He's on the other side I, of the door. Thank you. I, wow. I, I, am, uh, I am currently uh, working. That sounds great, no. though. Once you get yeah, the phone, working. let's go. <laughs> so I have you on speakerphone, so I can hear you uh, all the different places I I walk. You're not working on I'm this. A, that much. I'm a night watchman. <laughs> I thought I heard keys jangling in the background. I got a big ring of keys and a flashlight, and I'm abusing my power. Let me ask you: Are you a wise night watchman? No. Like no, are you I dispensing? Are you, dis- are you dispensing advice to the to the people that are working in over? Ah, oh, you're doing it again, eh, Bill? Working all it's night It's like I again, always huh? tell the wife. Right. You've been married for forty years, even though you've only been married for fifteen. That's right. Yeah. Ah, burning the midnight oil again, Mister Jackson, huh? <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, you know, PJ. Somebody's. Somebody's uh, bucking for a promotion. These floors aren't going to clean themselves, am I right? <laughs> I tell you what, I put one of my kids through college and another one through a wall. I'm going to tell you. I did, the same, I same did thing janitorial, I, uh, janitorial works, you know, uh, in high school. Is that on your resume? I've, I've pushed a mop bucket proudly. <laughs> Wasn't it like detention or anything? It was for real? It was uh, like my my second job. The second job I ever had was uh, I was the part of the cleanup crew at a telecommunications network that was based in Staten Island and owned by the Catholic Church. Who are you? I, <laughs> I'm the man who cleans up after priests and nuns and oh. their slobs, by the way. Oh, Is that where you were ordained as bishop? <laughs> Is that... That's where I got the bug. That's all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. I'm glad you got that bug. There's, there's other bugs you could have gotten that are much right. worse. Little penicillin will clean that up. Yes, clean that right up. Um, if if you folks, if you go back, PJ's been on with us for what about a hundred episodes now, right? Of, of the hundred and fifty. Well, I couldn't. I didn't know you were numbering these episodes, so I couldn't. I I wouldn't be able to tell you. Has it been more than a year? Year and a half? Yeah. Well, there'll be more than really? I mean, 150 takes us back about four years. 150 takes us back to December. Well, weren't we doing uh, five a week at one point? No, that, oh, that wasn't, wasn't this, this one. That, was that wasn't this show. show. That was a different show. All right. I, was, I did not get clearance for five a week. No. That's, what, that's <laughs> when the show was called RTU again. <laughs> what was it said? RTU still. These guys. Still. With, these guys won't leave. Enough. RTU, mod on. <laughs> and, and when. Well, I, I started... Did you have a grandmother that said that? Like, when she was waiting for... Like, you'd be sitting at a light, and my grandmother would go, and when with this light? 
<laughs> it's a cake and coffee light. We're getting old over here. I could have oh, got out and pushed the. I could have got out and pushed the button. My grandmother used to used to call Your it. Your grandmother had a lot light. of good phrases and sayings. <laughs> she did. That was she the really you did. could you could have a piece of cake and a cup of coffee while you're waiting for this light to change. <laughs> The cake and coffee light. Everything revolved around cake and coffee. Well, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. You get to a certain age. That's kind of what you're concerned about. Those were currency. Uh, but if you if you go back and you listen to the history of this show and PJ's, uh, Bishop's appearances on this show, you have had some of the most ridiculous jobs. In the, and you just say them matter-of-factly. Like you're just like, this yeah, is, and this then is, I was, this is I was where Richard we Fire's should... personal electrician for like four months. That was weird. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I've done, I've done weird things. I was. You were his I've... on-call electrician. Yeah, that's correct. I was his personal that's electrician. That's correct. That's right. See, this is where that's we right. should have spliced all of the jobs that he's right. had together. Is an audio clip montage. Right. Yep. In a montage. Should we, right? should, should we run through them real quick, or that's, we don't have enough time? I don't think we have enough. I think we'll have to save that for the 20th anniversary show. <laughs> All of PJ's jobs. Just linked together. The, the people I've run into. There's you know one, what I was paid to do once? I was paid to be a head counter for the, for the MTA. I stood on the street corner. <laughs> why, why are you Kramer? I stood on the street corner, and every city bus that pulled up, I had a special badge, and I would flash my, my, my badge, and they had to let me on, and I would do a head count of the bus and write it down, and then let them leave. And then I guess somebody else was checking to see if the head counts matched the number of fares in the bus or something like that. So the entire job was standing well, in the were... road. It rained the whole they time I did it. You? Or, you were, or you were being punked. <laughs> no, I really got too. paid. I really got paid. And then, and then uh, one day, my mom felt bad for me, so she brought me like uh, like a hungry man dinner, and I stood on the corner eating out of an aluminum tray in a microwave. And it was hot when it got to me. I don't know how she cooked it. And and all the bus what drivers made summer? fun of me as they pulled up. They're like, "What are you eating? Mashed potatoes?" <laughs> That's fantastic. What what See, would we we need to call that job something? What was that? You were head count bus counter head, head, head counter bean bean counter for the MTA head counter. I don't know. If the job really had no description. Like you were the head of the bean counter. You were the head bean counter. Congratulations. And let me tell you that that job stops being interesting after five minutes. <laughs> five minutes on the corner. Of. That job stops being interesting after five minutes of the description. Oh, stop it now. Forget about, forget about doing it. That's unbelievable. Actually, it's... Paid very it's, well. It's fun. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> There's no chance. No, I can't believe. No. I can't believe there was monetary rumination, uh, <laughs> remuneration in the first place. Numeration. No, no. I don't know why they were numbering the money. Menominations. Menominations. Menomina. I think I made $5 an hour. That's uh, that's pretty paltry. And that's how I celebrated my 30th birthday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peach, we're going to talk about sports. Love you, Bobby. I think. Well, you, pay attention because you you can get in on this. You might you might actually be very okay. Great. Thank we'll you. Be. <laughs> you can call it any time. 
Yes, and PJ. Yes, and yes. remember we no. went, we took we took that class. That's right. Yes, and so I understand you you taught skiing in the Himalayas. Um, no. <laughs> and <laughs> that improv. That's how it works. That improv class no. really paid off. I think that's wrong. You know, at UCB they hired me just to uh, count the people in the theater. That's another great job. <laughs> but they wouldn't let me do anything else. Yeah, there were so many other places you could have taken this skill. Like they didn't even know. ask you for the amount of people. They just let there you count are them. a lot of jobs where the amount of people who are there is important and needs could to have, be verified. Who knows? You, you know, you could have wound up as like uh, the head counter at the Oscars or something. What's the what's the what's the ultimate gig for that guy? Like he started out on buses and then five years later, here he is at the World well, Series. I th- yeah, I think eventually I'd get faster at it so I could count large crowds. Like, you could send me to a stadium. And I'd be, <laughs> and I'd be able to just look at the, cl- look at the crowd and do like a quick Rain Man styles. thing. That's right. right. So much money on turnstiles because they'd have uh, Bishop counting heads everywhere. Well, let me tell you, there was a scandal. I helped expose the scandal because the bus drivers were skimming. Of course he did. Of course he did. They were skimming the fares. No. I find that very hard to believe. You're telling me that New York transit workers or, were doing something dishonest? Or I messed I, up I, the counting and probably got poor Ralph innocent Ralph men Ralph fired Ralph. from their careers. You got Ralph Because I was 14. By the way, That's I was right. 14 when I had that job. First of all, that's you were under 30. <laughs> that's no, under I, was four, I was 14. I was uh, just in ninth grade. Were you in South America? Staten Island. <laughs> okay, close enough. Yeah. What's our uh, where's our where's our fun load music these days? Uh, yeah, We're not doing a fun load though. We're doing a big unload. Oh, a big unload. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's big unload it. Okay, I wanted more music. Was that wrong? Oh, I'm sorry. No. Well, where's the I, music? I want big unload music. It's episode 150. I think we've earned it. I, I'm quite sure I've earned it. Hey, did you get the set of steak knives they left for us? Or no? <laughs> Very nice. A really, really nice watch, too. I didn't get the watch. Oh, neither did I and stuff. Um, I didn't get a watch. Big unload. Okay, here it is, you guys. Get your soapbox out. Get you. Because we about to judge. <laughs> Take it easy, Judge Reinhold. Um, all right. So uh, tonight's big unload, uh, as I mentioned, in the cold open. It's a technical term, Gal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lingo. You actually brought this up, and I think it's a great idea. There is, uh, how shall we say, hysterics over the theatrics of Yasil Puig. Uh, from the Dodgers. Uh, the other night, let's just set the scene. I know you've seen it, Cal, and I just want to talk. Have you ever seen anything as ridiculous? Like, it was magnificent that that ball did not go out of the ballpark. Right. It was so great because he, if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you have by now, but just in case you haven't, Yasiel Puig, who, who's, you know, his antics and histrionics have not been really appreciated uh, among the baseball old guard, um, he doesn't play the game the right way. He's a problem. 
uh, with baseball. His attitude is a problem. He showboats too much. He doesn't hustle. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't try all the time. So he hits a rocket. I mean a rocket that he thinks is so far out of the ballpark. He just he throws up his hand. He flips the bat. He throws up both arms over his head. All that was missing was like the Popeye, like right. congratulatory fists on either side of the either side of his head, <laughs> like Popeye used to do when he would win a fight. And simulating and, uh, a marching band. Right, and he's Cadillacing, totally Cadillacing on his way to first base. And then he's like, "Oh, it's not out. Okay, I'll turn on my ridiculous speed." And then he gets to third base, so he only has a triple. Standing up. Standing up. Like, without a throw. And then he does it again. And then he goes crazy again. It's magnificent. It is, But it has really thrown a lot of light on... And this came up a couple weeks ago with the Braves, right? Yes. Apparently the Braves, you, you can't do anything. There's no fun in baseball. Holy cow. If you're an Atlanta Brave, yeah. Wow. Nice. Good call. Here they come. Oh, it's a medley. He did it again. It's a montage. It's a montage. It's a mixtape. Oh, it really is a mixtape. Yeah. I think I had that mixtape. PJ mixtape. Bishop mix mixtape. His new nickname. Gosh. Bishop mix a lot. Can we bring mixtapes back? Because they were one of the few ways that I could talk to girls. I, you don't have to worry about that anymore. That's. That's a great point. You probably shouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> Cal, yes and. Come on. Yes and. We all took the class. What would Amy Poehler say right now? Oh, she'd be very disappointed in us. She'd probably then say something very funny, let's be honest. A lot funnier than us, oh, too. Far funnier. But, and a lot funnier than Yasiel Puig. And I maybe a little say. irreverent, probably. probably. A little off color, maybe depending on the time of night. A touch. The audience. Maybe, maybe a joke about a younger man. Who knows? Look, the bottom line about Yasiel Puig. Yeah. This, I, I'm, I wanted to use what happened in the game the other night to kind of set the, the stage or paint the picture of a grander thing that's going on. And that is society has changed. All right. No. 2013 things are, you don't believe that? I don't agree with that. You don't think society has changed? It feels a lot like the 50s, (laughs) especially in sports. I'm I'm, uh, being uh, completely sarcastic. Yes, absolutely. Go on. I know you're being sarcastic. (laughs) Oh, good. That's not sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the football celebrations and, and the baseball antics. We saw this, like you said, we saw this happen with the Braves. Twice in, in the span of like two months, a young, precocious ball player hits a home run off of the Braves and celebrates that home run. And you're seeing it a lot now. Guys are hitting home runs, and they're celebrating this achievement of hitting a home run. Now, the old guard would tell you that's disrespectful. You don't do that. You don't show up the other team. You don't show up the opposing pitcher. You hit the ball. You put your head down. You run around the bases. And that's fine. But now you've got a segment that is incorporating a little personality into the game, okay? Whether you agree with it or not, they're, they're celebrating what, what they've done. And my question, and, and the thing I guess I wanted to talk about this tonight because I'm trying to reconcile this myself 
and I wanted to get your opinion on it, and maybe Bishop's opinion if he if he wants to join in. But I don't know. I have always been of the belief that yes, you put your head down and you run around the bases, okay, and then you go back to the dugout and and if you want to high five your team and you want it, that's fine. You do that, and I'm okay with that. And I never really liked these over the top celebrations on the field. I feel like maybe I'm fighting a losing battle because more and more it's going towards that. And this is where I go back to society changing and your sarcasm, notwithstanding. (laughs) I want to get your true opinion on whether you feel things are changing and do, do we all have to kind of lighten up a little bit and just accept it? Or are these guys taking it too far? And there's a line that you shouldn't ever cross. What, what's it's, your take? No, it's, it's, uh, this is a fantastic conversation. Not, <clears throat> not the least of, or, or also because we played, we played the game. We, we grew up playing the game of baseball and we were taught to play that game a certain way. And we also, to be honest, played with a certain uh, segment of players, uh, a certain faction of players. Um, I didn't play with a lot of Latino players, for example. And I bring that up because a, a number of the players that are involved uh, in this, it's not a controversy, it's a discussion. Hopefully it stays away from being a controversy. I mean, it, it can't be a racial thing because Carlos Beltran had the biggest problem with Yasiel Puig. Right. And his antics the other night. So it's not, it's, it's, I don't think it has anything to do with race. I, I think it has, or, or ethnicity. I think it has to do with the fact, though, that um, we grew up playing with a certain kind of ball player. Even when I went to college and I played ball in the Midwest, I played baseball in the Midwest, I was a different kind of player than the Midwestern guy was. You know, the, the Midwestern ball player was a little quieter. They did not like me because I was too loud or I was uh, too celebratory, or I had seen maybe one too many Gary Carter videos. And I was a Met fan, so I thought curtain calls were like, oh, that's what you do. Uh, Not that I was taking any curtain calls in college. You were taking curtain calls in college? Awesome. Um, No wonder why they didn't like you. For for what, getting hit by a pitch? Um, So we grew up playing the game, playing the game a certain way. We learned the game a certain way. And we also, you and I specifically, are fans huge fans of one of the biggest hot dog teams ever, ever. One of the, the most grandstanding hot dog teams who flouted the baseball rules uh, is our favorite team of all time and the best team in our franchise's history. And that's the 86 Mets. So I'm torn as well. I'm extraordinarily torn because – in baseball specifically, and I want to I want to get to Rex Ryan later too because he factors into this. For us. oh, the bl- the blust is back. I don't right. know if you heard. No, but just just the idea, just what Rex Ryan has been for the four years with this team and how he has made the Jets hated. And again, there's unwritten rules, right? For coaches, even you don't you don't say we're going to win. You don't say we're going to win the Super Bowl. You don't do what Rex Ryan does. So, but I want to I want to get to that later uh yeah we we will get to that my thing and i think i bring up the braves specifically 
Because that was kind of like a turning point for me. Well, they became like the police. How did the I Braves hate, become I the police? I hate the Braves. Always have. Hate the Braves. Right. Okay? And so it was and, like when the, when the Braves had a problem where they were like, what's wrong with you, Braves? Right. And then I found myself like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm on that side. I just, I felt like, and I was, I was talking to a buddy tonight about this too, and he brought up a very good point that I agree with. If, you're, if, the, if the players in your clubhouse don't have a problem with what you're doing, then it's probably okay. You don't have to answer to society and you don't have to answer to the other team. You have to answer to the, to the guys that you're going, that you're playing with, the guys in the clubhouse, I think. I think that they're the ones that are responsible for holding you accountable. They've got a problem with what you're doing. They'll pull you aside and they'll tell you, this is not how you act. You shouldn't be doing this. If they don't have a problem with it, then, then who is everybody? Maybe you don't like it. I get that. If, you, if it's not your cup of tea, if you don't like it, if you're Bob Costas and you just hate everything about everything right now. <laughs> right? Old, man, old man Costas. Get off my lawn, please. <laughs> he doesn't even say please. But I, I, my, I kind of agreed with, with what my buddy said. That let, let, let it be policed internally. In your own clubhouse. In your own clubhouse. And, and, and leave it at that. And everybody else, if you don't like it, okay, fine. That you don't like it. But don't, it's not your place to say anything. I read a ton on this today, Cal, in preparation for talking to you about it tonight because there's so there's been so much written since uh, since the Puig situation on both sides of the fence that it's it's good for baseball that baseball should embrace it that the unwritten rules and the baseball code are archaic to begin with <clears throat> and that they should um, you, you know he he shouldn't have to worry about you know hundred year old rules. Uh, for a time when people of his ethnicity weren't even allowed to play the game anyway. They're 100-year-old unwritten rules. Unwritten rules, right. I read that in one really good article as well, that, like, how can you police an unwritten rule? Right. But, again, they've existed for that long for a reason. I think... uh, here's, Here's a great example, right? So Valdespin, Jordani Valdespin on the Mets is a great example to me this year of there's a time and a place, perhaps. Yes. Um, Jordani Valdespin in a you know, nine-to-one game that he's losing in the eighth inning, he pinch hitting and he hits a long solo home run and he Cadillacs around the bases and pimps you know, around the bases insanely insanely throws his bat watches his home run um to the to the detriment of his own team because somebody's going to pay for that and he's not an everyday player and i don't blame the i guess it was against the brewers right or the pirates it was the brewers wasn't the pirates it was the pirates i I think it was the pirates but it it, It was the pirates they're gonna throw at your best player to, and and everybody got on the Mets for like they uh, and Terry Collins pinch hit for David Wright, um, so he wouldn't get hit. Oh no, that was against the Brewers last year when Valdez Bean did this before. Right, right. This he, year against he the put, Pirates, he put Valdez Bean in a game that he hit. knew Valdez Bean was going to get going to get hit and get hit and get hit because he had pimped the home run, Cadillac the home run the day before. But let's but let's back up a little bit with the Valdez Bean thing because that goes back to the point that I had just made. 
the Mets internally tried to handle that. They didn't agree with what he did. Right. And you heard stories about veterans pulling him aside right. and trying they, to tell him this is not what you do. And they he tried to self-police. Right. right. And he wasn't getting the message for whatever reason. They, they – and everybody kind of made it that the Mets were letting the other team do their work for them. They were letting – you know, they took it out of their hands and they, they, they said, let's – Pittsburgh is going to discipline our player. We're going to let them do it for us. Right. But that's not exactly what happened because they tried. They tried exactly. You know, they tried. But the, and you and you brought up a very good point. There's a, it, the time and the place really is very important when you're talking about stuff like this. And there's a, and there's the player too. Like the Mets didn't like Valdespin. He wasn't well liked in the clubhouse. They told him not to do things like that, and he didn't listen. Mm-hmm. And didn't seem smart enough to listen. So. Do the do you have a problem with the pirates policing that? I don't. I don't either. I, I I don't. I don't have a problem with the pitcher. Look, we're not talking about what Ryan Dempster did to A Rod. Okay, that's that's Ryan Dempster trying to police something. I don't know. He was just a vigilante at that point. Yeah, he was, he went rogue and tried like, to. What is what is Dempster doing? I actually didn't come out there like he didn't get invited to a party or something. Or... I don't know. I'm serious. I'm serious. Like I an A Rod party? Yeah, I thought it was like he didn't get invited to like one of A Rod's parties. Or no, I think he was. Just that would be magnificent, think... though. Please let that be the story. Let's go with that. Yeah, he but he, he's not. He's not doing it because A Rod. You know, Cadillac on a home run, or showed him up on a home run. Now that's another question: Is it showing him up? I don't think. See, I don't think. Well, what's worse, what Puig did, or taking a curtain call after you hit a grand slam in a game, coming out of the dugout and re-acknowledging your awesomeness? Like, think, what's what's showing up a team more? I feel like that's showing up a team more. So, what, so basically what the 86 Mets did every day, and there's no wonder they got in seven brawls that year. Right. But let me ask you, though. If Yasiel Puig hits a home run, he hits – and we saw this with Carlos – this was the two brave situations with Jose Fernandez and with Carlos Gomez. Right. And in both cases, they hit a home run. They hit a – well, they didn't know it was a home run. They Off the bat, they hit the ball, and they stand there and they watch it, or they flip the bat – or they're excited. They sell. Do you think that in that moment that Jose Fernandez hits that ball or Carlos Gomez hits that ball, do you think in their moment the first thing they're thinking about is, I'm going to shove this up the pitchers? It's I don't the, think that's what the, they're thinking. But it's a look at me moment. But, so, it's, not, so, but it's not showing up the other team hey, or look, the other pitcher. Big Poppy's been doing it for years. It's years. more of a, self, a self-promoting vehicle rather than – uh, a showing up, showing up disrespect the of the other team. That's what I think. Right. I could see that. That's I could I see that. But, I mean, Big Poppy's been doing it for years. By the way, on a side note, uh, speaking of Big Poppy, has any – is he from the Andy Pettit School of H, you know, of performance-enhancing drugs use? Like, no, no, he hits a grand slam the other night on what they're simply calling 10-13-13 in Boston – um, you know, hits a grand slam to tie the game or whatever. And it, have we, I mean, it's just nothing. No, he's okay. He didn't even apologize. I, I'm sorry, Cal. I have a pop, I have a poppy problem. 
Uh, I don't. I want to save the ster- keep the steroid stuff out of this. It's not a steroid conversation. It's though to me, it's a it's well, a P, it's a PR conversation. Like, right, right. Well, yes. What how, what has he done? Is it because and and it's a, it's a Hall of Fame conversation while we're there. Because a guy like David Ortiz will get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe even though he was supposedly on the list of 103 or whatever it was. And they confronted him about it, and he threw a, t- a tantrum and said, don't ever ask me about it again in Yankee Stadium, and no one has. But, they, but they, he's loved by the media. So he's Kirby Puckett. So not only, but what, not a, but what did Kirby Puckett ever fame. do? He's going to get in the Hall of Fame. But what did Kirby Puckett ever do? No, no, but Kirby Puckett, Kirby, Kirby Puckett was a nice ball player. He was certainly not a Hall oh, of Fame ball player, okay. but he got in the Hall of Fame because he was a wonderful man. I misunderstood you. I thought maybe he, was, he had some transgressions no, no, that we no. didn't know about. Oh, no. And because he was a good guy. It, it he kind of, might have had a sketchy marriage. Didn't he have a sketchy May he rest in peace, Kirby Puckett. No. <laughs> I don't know about his marital. No, I thought he had like some sort of marital controversy. But, but uh, aside from all that, no PED use, nothing like that. Um, and Big Poppy's going to get in the Hall of Fame because they love him. Because his sports writers love him. But he got away with saying the F word in the middle of his, you know, the, after the Boston Strong thing. He did. On the field, on national TV. Could you imagine if that was A-Rod? <laughs> Could you imagine if A-Rod dropped an F-bomb in the middle of everything? I can't. In the middle of a national, uh, nationally televised celebration. Or not celebration, a, a memoriam for an awful event. We are effing New York strong, A-Rod says. Booed off the field. Lynched. Anyway. I got, I, there's another thing. Going back, Poppy's been doing it for years. Is it showing up the pitcher? This is your question, and I think it's a valid one. Is it showing up the pitcher, or is it look at me, look at me? That's my question. And I think it's look at me, look at me, which I don't like personally – but it but does not should not draw the ire of the other team. Would you think it would be okay for someone to hit a home run and then point at the pitcher? That's no good. That's not good, right? No, that's then you're acknowledging, yeah, I just got you. Well what Gomez did what Gomez did after that home run, I don't agree with the Braves at all, but that was he had been hit by a pitch in the last series. Right. So, or, or in, 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 I think in his last at bat. And so he came up against Medlin, took him deep, and mm-hmm. yelled at him while he was going to first base. That's different. Well, is is that I, I, what I, I happened? Don't, I, don't think, I don't think Gomez is wrong there. I thought, uh, maybe I had the story wrong, I thought Gomez just took his time and Medlin yelled at Gomez to start yeah, running. To get going. And then Gomez yelled back. And then Gomez proceeded to get into it with every member of the infield. Which I love, and then I'm well, sorry, I love that. No, I know, and then probably because it's the Braves, but still. And then McCann stepping in front of the plate, like I know, I put, I put a picture of it up on the episode. I'm not letting you get past me. Yeah, the best part about that was Gomez is yelling at Medlin down the third base line. He didn't even see McCann in front. Right. <laughs> he looks up. He's like, "What the hell?" But this is to bring it to bring it back, or not bring it back, but to expand on this. I think. Your friend made a great point, the self-policing. Look, we saw Jose Reyes do it for years, right? And we loved it because he was on our team. Well, we didn't love all of it, let's be honest. No. 
We didn't, there were certain moments where you, back, you were... Back to your point, the time and the place. Right. I mean, you could make the very solid argument that, and I was at the game, that Jose Reyes's antics, maybe, maybe uh, I, will, I will term it disrespect for the game and or his opponent, cost us the 2007 uh, game against the Marlins. Well, what it does, whether, you, whether he's disrespecting the opponent or not, it becomes a perceived disrespect. 2008. Then, I'm sorry. Did I say 07? It was 07. Oh. It was 07. 07. You're right. I was at the, that was the John Main second to last game of the season. Right. 08 was Santana. Santana. John Main gets into it with uh, – or John, John Main pitches a one-hitter and has a no-hitter into the eighth. Um, and I was at that game. It was my first date with Teresa, um, our first baseball game. Um, and uh, she's like, "Wow, do they do this at every game?" I'm like, "They have never done this." <laughs> it got to the it got to the seventh inning, and he still had the no hitter. And she's like, "Wow, have you been to a lot of these?" I'm like, <laughs> "You don't you don't know the Mets' history very well." Yeah. But um, you know, Jose Reyes started a fight in that game. He really did. Yeah. In in a nine to one game. Mm-hmm. That. And he woke up the Marlins. Like the Marlins had packed up their bags and were going home. Hanley Ramirez wasn't going to even play in the last game of the season until Jose Reyes riled them up. They took offense to something that Jose Reyes did in a 9-1 to game. So you're right, time and a place. But we saw it for years with Jose Reyes, right? Mm-hmm. And Delgado and Beltran, when he was a kid, if he got too far out there, they reeled him in. Right. It was self-policed. Does that... Do you think that what Puig's doing is bad for baseball? I don't think it's bad for baseball. Do you think, think it's good for baseball? Do you think they need to attract kids? Do you think they need to see kids need to see a guy having a good time? Um, there's a way to do it. <laughs> it's so we're so tormented. It's we really a, both a, are. Yeah, because we're not. We're of the age where we are right. Where we are. Old enough to know what the old school way of thinking is, but we're still kind of young enough to understand where the young people are coming from. Yeah, or that it's not that big of a deal. I just, I, I really think that the outrage that we've seen is, is tipping it back in the other way. I, okay, here, here's another one. Here's another something that happened today. I'm sure you saw this. Don't be so sure. I'm sure you saw this. Apparently. <laughs> You're very sure. You're cocksure, I would even say. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> you won't say cocksure? No. I, know, I think I, you're just afraid of the word. I can't pull that off. No. I can't. You have to be relatively cocksure to say I'm cocksure. I'm not that confident. But what I do know. <laughs> I saw this. You, you saw this. Ruben Randall and David Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, see, I knew you saw this. Yes. Of you, the Giants. You, know, you know me so well. Well, it was on Twitter, so I just assumed. And also it's the Giants having a Twitter war, which is pretty fun. Right. So apparently they were going back and forth, and they were making fun of each other via Twitter for their various foibles. For their, for their fantasy value. Which is even more magnificent. Well, 
that was part of it, but yeah, also but I'm saying you know, part of part of this. So they're having this. These, these are teammates. That these are, are probably these are NFL football players that are like you would if you were in high school with your friend and making and just trash talking each other. Even better, they're probably three lockers away from each other right. <laughs> while they're tweeting this at each other. Right. Literally. Probably three lockers away from each other, and, having a Twitter war where they rag on each other's fantasy value. So Randall is ragging on the fact that Wilson's always fumbling. Wilson's ragging on the fact that Reuben Randall can't catch a, a ball thrown to him. And they're going back and forth and going back and forth. And the Giants fan is just losing his mind <laughs> because they're 0-6. Right. And here are these two. And they're also Giant fans. Like I saw one great tweet where it was like, uh, we'll have Giant fans' reaction to this, to this Twitter war as soon as we explain what Twitter is to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Giant fans are, are, are sort of an older lot, usually. They're, when we're talking old school fans. Yes. Giant that's, fans. That's what I meant. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I meant. They're typically old school fans. So they're, they're going crazy about this. And, and how can they do this? And, and it's disrespectful. And Twitter just leads to no good. And, but, but here's the thing. And, and look, if, they were, if, it was, if it was Chris Ivory and no, if it was Stephen Jets, Hill, forget about it. We, would just, we would be shaking our head. Yeah. You would expect it if it were the Jets, no, first but you, of all. You, you, would, you would be shaking your head if you're a Jet fan and that happened to the Jets or whatever. The Giant fan has no ability to process it, right? Right. They, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, like far into that. You're like, what? Like, what's a PC? Right. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. And and this you, I'm glad you brought him up because here's David Wilson doing not one but two backflips right. when he scores the touchdown. Right. On an 0 and five or 0 and four at the time or whatever. But there's the celebration song. Thank you. That, but see, he cut it off, and it made it sound like the beginning of Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> no, that's, that's the beginning of Celebration Day by Led Zeppelin. Yes, I know, but that's what it Oh, was. I'm sorry. It felt, like, it felt like Smokey and the Bandit. In the context. No, my point is, this is, how the, this, is, this is 2013. Should we just accept that this is 2013, that Twitter exists, that guys are going to do this, that guys are going to do backflips into the end zone, that they're going to stand and watch home runs. Should we just Two accept- separate things. No, they're two separate things to me. They're two separate things. Look, at the, the, the unwritten rules and code in baseball, I'll give you, uh, in baseball, I've been around for a long time. Some of them are good. Some of them are good. Some of them are okay. A-Rod a couple of years ago, right? Runs, agro- runs across the guy's mound. On his way back to the dugout. Right? That's just a punk move. There's no need for it. He's trying to intimidate the other player. Is A-Rod trying to intimidate the other player, or is A-Rod just clueless? No, he was not clueless. He did it. This is A-Rod's the same guy who did the scare tactic to the, to the shortstop in the third baseman on the Blue Jays when there was a pop-up hit. That's another one. He's a little league player. A-Rod does little league things. Okay. That's something you did in farm when you were in Little League. Right. I agree. That's not that's, something that you do. That's, that's wrong. Exactly. Or if you do it, be prepared to pay a consequence for it. Right. The 
a home run celebration is me, 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 me. But I don't think it's showing up the other team. I think the curtain call is worse. How about the high fives? But How I think that's the... different than Twitter. That's entirely different than Twitter. All right, all right fine. I'll, we'll, no, we'll no, keep... no, no, no. Twitter to me is a different kind of right, uh, okay. prob- uh, problem. Different difference right now in the in the in the athlete in 2013. I think it's part and parcel with the look at me. Definitely. Okay, but let's all right, let's take Twitter out for just a second. The the curtain calls are bad. Yeah. How about these these elaborate choreographed celebrations at the top of the dugout? No problem. You don't have a problem with that? I don't. Would you prefer that they take that into the dugout instead I, of out on the field? I do. Is that fair? I, I, when, when Jose Reyes did that on the field as a Met, personally, I was uncomfortable with it. I, okay. would, have, I would have preferred that they did that in the dugout. I don't, I, I don't like it, but I don't think that's showing up the other team. There are things that, look, I, I caught for how many years? Right, there were things that I would call an inside fastball for, you know. But they were they were more related to guys, to the way a certain guy was. Like, there's a reason AJ Przinsky gets hit all the time. He's a jerk, you know. Like, I you would just you would play against somebody enough, and they would showboat on a home run where I knew they were actually showing up the pitcher. Like, it wasn't a me. Yasiel Puig's moment to me is a celebration of himself. Do I like it? No. Is he showing up the pitcher? No. You don't like it? Get him out. Right. Right. It's the old. It's. it's it, it, I was talking to Scott about that. We were going to talk about this. Scott, the Islander fan, and we were talking, and he brought up Belichick running up the score. Right. And is it showing up the other team? Well, if you don't like it, stop it. So I feel the same way with. A lot of the baseball stuff. That said, I took out the being there. Did you see that? I'm just going with that said from now on. I feel like the being's uh, a little too much. I feel like that would have been much more effective had you not explained it. <laughs> you kind of blew it there. If you just would have let it. Right. Just let it, just let it go. So if I hadn't pointed out that I did it. Set it off to sail. See what see what happens. See what happens on its journey. You might have been a little happier. Might have been better. Anyway, that's that said. <laughs> I I called many an inside fastball on guys uh, after they you know hit a home run and took an hour and a half to round the bases because they were showing up my pitcher. Now never call for a ball in the head ever. That's. Absolutely not. You put you you want to throw at a guy, you throw at his rump. That's what you're. That's because I'm 70 now. You throw at his backside. At his coolie. At his coolie. We use we use coolie. With you Leslie. use it a lot. Yeah. We use coolie with Leslie. Heiny. Yeah, he's got it. Now I can't go Heiny. Heiny. And we went coolie. Tush. Tush. Tushy. Yeah. No, we didn't. You have girls. Different. Yeah. It's a little different. Kids yeah. love it, though. I know. You're behind. You throw it as behind. His backside. No, I, and, 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 and that's the truth. So I can see it. But I, I think there is room in the game, in baseball, for that sort of policing. I, but that's how it's done. Hey, there was a day, right? Is there anything wrong with the day and age where if you hit a home run and you did that, 
you better not get too comfortable in the plate your next time up at the plate. Yeah. Better not dig in at the plate. Is there something wrong with that? See, that piece has been removed. These players, the the, the hit. I sound like Bob Gibson now, but these players have all this armor on and stuff. You can't throw inside anymore. They dive over the plate. Like this is one of my favorites, Cal. A Yankee fan complaining about how many times Derek Jeter has been hit by the Red Sox. He's on top of the plate, and he dives into every pitch. I would say if he's been hit by the Red Sox 25 times, I would say 20 of them were unintentional. Do you think, and this question comes up a lot, do you think if Twitter existed in 1968 that Bob Gibson would have stopped doing what he was doing? No. No, I don't. Okay. I think that, or Don Drysdale, or one of those guys. Juan Marichal. Juan Marichal. Juan Marichal was crazy, though. <laughs> Even after a guy with a bat. He did. You can't count that. No, I, I think a better, maybe not a better, but a, another example to take a look at. I don't. I don't think he would have done anything differently. How about 1985, Dwight Gooden throwing 99 miles an hour? Okay, and, and Yasiel Puig hits a home run off him and Cadillacs around the bases. 1985, Dwight Gooden's throwing at him his next time up, is he not? Uh, yeah. Right, he is, without a doubt. So, but it had Twitter existed or whatever of those things in 1985, did, did, that, that's a better time to me. Because I think like guys like Gibson... Just what they did. They wouldn't have cared. They would have yeah. just done it. They would have just done it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I just... You know what maybe the most fascinating part of this was to me, Cal? And this guy continues to be a ridiculously fascinating person. Carlos Beltran is the Dos Equis guy. Yeah. I mean, remember a couple of years ago we had Ted Berg on and, and he had found that article about him having a pet monkey and... Straight to the monkey? Straight to the monkey! <laughs> Carlos Beltran, I did not even research it or think about it. I go straight to the monkey. He bought a monkey because he, he saw one or something like that. Or It's, it's funny how what He's Carlos just... Beltran has become. Because right. you remember when he was a kid. Yes. You even said it before. He was like, you know, he was a little hot-headed and he was a little showboaty. And, you know, you would never 10 years ago, Carlos Beltran as like the sage old guy team leader and you know lecturing lecturing on us on the right way to play the game here's a guy who was criticized for years for not hustling because and and i you know i don't agree with that i know you don't agree with that we are huge obviously beltron fans but he got killed he got killed in this town because it didn't look like he was hustling or playing the game the right way now see one last point on this, then we can get to the Jets and the Giants. Okay? One last thing. The non-hustle, the loafing, the Robbie canoeing, if you will, does that bother you? Is that an insult to the game? Yes. That bothers me <laughs> you much. Sh- you shook your head like, yes. Much, much more than... I would rather see... Robinson Cano hit a home run 
and then moonwalk around the bases. <laughs> then see Robinson Cano ground out to shortstop and not even not even not move. even bother to run. No. So like does that see that bothers me. I think that's the problem with Yasiel Puig right now. I think the problem is he's this combination of exuberance and celebration of self, but doing miraculous things. Like really doing miraculous things. He was Cal, he's fast. And he's huge. I mean, you saw him turn on the Jets there. It's standing at third base. He could have gotten an inside-the-park home run, probably with a throw, if he was busting it out of the box. But you have this wonderful combination of a guy who can do things on a baseball field that you don't see often, and you want to celebrate, and you're okay with him celebrating the, holy crap, I just did this. Look at me. Because we should be looking at him. With the, eh, hit a, you know, hit a pop-up. I'm not going to run it out. You know, I've, I've played, a, uh, I've only played 80 games this year, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know, or dogging it in the outfield. Yeah. You know, or pulling up on a ball that you could die for and make a catch on. I think the, I think the bottom line, though, and, and just to tie this up. Does... In a bow, in a nice little bow. I'm sorry. No, that was... I'm sorry. I, if, if you're going to tie it up, use a bow. Does everybody need to just calm down a little bit? Does everybody need... Like, is it fair to say, lighten up? And just kind of, like... If you don't like it, that's fine. But just, you know, keep, keep it to yourself. This is how it is. The Jets are down 28-6 in the fourth quarter. And Ledger Doosable gets a sack and goes bananas. Haven't we seen enough of that in the NFL? I don't want to see that, but I'm not going to go out there. After every play, Brian, every play in the NFL, whether it's the wide receiver with the first down, stupid Santonio Holmes thing to the, the, you know. uh, No, listen, I hate it. I hate it. But but this, this is all the same thing. But that's where a guy like David Harris or a guy like Antonio Cromartie should pull him over and say, hey, listen, kid. Who's going to pull over Santonio Holmes? That's the, but, and now every Jet receiver does it. I know. Really, really, Jeremy Curley? Really? I know. You're down 21, you know, 10 with three minutes left and you, get a, you have a first down catch. You really need to do the move the chain sign? Look, if, again, if they're not saying anything in the clubhouse – I really, I'm forced to just shrug my shoulders, not like it, and just move on. So this is all, basically... That's what I'm forced to do. But basically... This I is can't all, change it. No, you're right. But basically, this is all a celebration of self, right? Yeah. That, that football guy's not showing up the other team. I don't... I don't it's think, all look at me, look at me, look yes. at me, look at me. I think that that's what it is born out of. It's not out of disrespecting the other team. Okay? The other team is, gonna, is going to perceive it as a disrespect. I don't think they do in the NFL anymore. I really don't. You don't think so? Not stuff like that? Because uh, it happens after every play. I don't think they care anymore. I really don't. I think, I think guys get more upset about the guy who piles on late. Or well, who, last, yeah, the, the high, with the high hits. Uh, yeah, or you know, I, I think NFL players, you want to make the first down symbol, knock yourself out. 
I really don't think. I mean, I, I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying in general, the Yasiel Puig uh, celebratory bat flip, and, and you know, or Poppy with the hands in the air and waving him like he just doesn't care. Um, boy, that changes the whole song if you change the emphasis. That was the lesser popular version. Yeah. Of that song. <laughs> just throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. That one, not, not a good, not, not, that's even not, chart that one. <laughs> <laughs> missed, missed the top 100. Wave him like you just. Um, hey, you know what? It's All a the, celebration to me. Look at the, me. The NFL is cracking down on every other celebration. All oh, they have man. to do, all they have to do, is make it an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty if the referee goes to take the ball out of Santonio Holmes's hand and he drops it at the referee's feet. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I, I would not mind that. You know, throw a flag. That'll stop him. If that stopped, I would be okay with that. He'll do that maybe three or four times after the first penalty. Right. And then he'll stop. And then he'll stop. <laughs> right. Because he won't do it after the first one. Uh, I don't care. Let's talk about the Jets now. Okay. No, no. I want to... I wanna, um... Do you have any? Yeah. Do you have another bow to put on that? Or no, no, I think I think we. we beat I think to the I think we. I don't think we beat Sivan at all. I think we came up with a very interesting conclusion, and to me, that's it's it's look at me. I mean, it's less. I think it's less about showing up the other team, and it's more about look at me, look at me. Now, I I don't particularly like that, but I don't feel it needs to be policed. And I think your buddy made the great point at the top. That goes along with that, that look at me stuff. That if your own team likes it, see, guys loved Jose Reyes. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't have a problem with Jose Reyes. Guys had a problem with Jordani Valdez being, though. Right, because, because the times that Jordani Valdez, I, I guarantee you that when Jose Reyes was a rookie in 04, 05, in those years, and Beltran got there in 05, there was a moment in 05 or 06 where he celebrated in a certain way, and Carlos Delgado pulled him over and said, don't do that anymore okay there's a time and a place we can have the handshakes and go let's do it when we're winning we're losing i don't want to see it and jose reyes probably listened jordani valdez being on a 72 and 90 ball club or whatever they were 74 and 85 not listening not listening and that's to me that's the difference all right so Sir, I feel I, I I I enjoyed that conversation, Brian. I'll tell you why. We're going to see it a lot. It's not going away. And these playoffs have been very good. They've been very good. They have been good. They yeah. have been good. And and it's been. I have to admit, it's been tough to get into them this year. Very tough. For a number of reasons, not the least of which is that I'm just tired of these teams. Yep. Um, How come the Cardinals aren't hated? By the way, I don't know. They do things the right way. They're the model organization right now. Yeah. Can't really hate them. But I'm saying all, even all time. I mean, the Cardinals have a lot of – they have the second most World Series. Yeah, because they do things the, the, the most, right way. Well, why are they why, – how is it the right way? I hate them. I do too. That's, yeah, so. that's a given. But, I, uh, I mean, really Tony, Tony – they had a, a – Tony, Tony, Tony? Tony, Tony, Tony? <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony? What do you have to do with this? They had a huge <laughs> – he has everything to do with this they had a hugely unlikable manager for years years which which one 
Thank you. Exactly. Right? <laughs> One right into the other. And they're not a hated team nationally. Is it because they don't spend money? I don't know. I don't they've, know. They've beaten everybody. Chicago, I am sure Chicago are, them. Yeah, but they're not as hated as like the Yankees or these other. They're not. They're not hated. I say they should be. I've had enough of them. I think it's time. And, and uh, you know, I hate to say this. I've had enough of Boston, too. Oh. How I'm dare. sorry. I'm sorry. So have I. Just, so have I. Let's be honest. Enough, so. please. It's yeah. like, you know, they've had way too much prosperity in the last 10 years, sports-wise. Does it? Right. Overall, for, for the, as a city. For, right. For the charm to still be there. <laughs> the it's ch- not there anymore. I'm definitely sorry. definitely wearing off. Um, it's definitely wearing off. You've had it too good now for a while. Yeah, it's, it's sports-wise. Enough, because yeah. when things don't go their way, it's awfully, awfully quick to forget from whence they came. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm sorry, Boston fans. I agree. Oh, it is. No, I, 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 am, I am pretty sick of the Red Sox. I agree. I don't like any – I like the Tigers, I guess. I'm sick of them too. They seem to always be there now. They seem to really just continue to be there. And then the Dodgers. Oh, please, I can't. Very difficult. So it's been tough to get into, but they have I, very good games. I can root. Oh, I see. I'm torn with the Dodgers just because of Mattingly. Like I'd like to root for the Dodgers. Wait a minute. I hate the Dodgers. Don't get me wrong. I hate the Dodgers. From 1988, of course, it, well, today's like the 25th anniversary of the Kirk Gibson home run, correct? In the World Series that we should have been in, right? Yeah. I say we, we didn't actually play on that team, you and I. But right. I don't think we as 14-year-olds would have been in that World Series. No, but we watched every game. Of the, of the playoffs? Of the season. <laughs> I, watched, I watched just about every game of that season. I can tell you I did not watch every game of that World Series. I did not watch any game of that World Series, and I, I think I told you this before. I stayed home to watch Game 7 of the NLCS rather than go see Van Halen at Jones Beach. I had Van Halen tickets, Jones Beach. That did not work. Or, no, Coliseum. Mm-hmm. OU812 tour. And I stayed home because it was Game 7 of the NLCS. Also, I was 14. I don't know how I was going to a Van Halen concert. Alone? Uh, no. I was going with Scott. I was going with my older brother, but oh. still. Maybe taking the bus. <laughs> going, up, going up Best Highway. You taking too. a bus. You too. On my own. Um, yeah. Just me and Sammy Hagar. Here's my quick playoff story. Uh, 1986, the, the residents of Comac did not get their Newsday delivered on the night of Game 6 <laughs> until about 8.30. <laughs> That night. Supposed to get their newspaper delivered around 4 o'clock. Sure. No. I, got, I got Newsday every day. You were not my... Uh, no, no. I, I, you know, I manned a different route. You were local. I was, I was on another, another road. All right. We grew up a whole two miles from each other. Not so. even. Yeah, I would say it's a mile eight. But uh, yeah, my, as a 12-year-old, my paper route... Um, Suffered. Totally signed off on by my father. <laughs> you know, my father, the Yankee fan now. Oh, yeah, I know. For, I forgot, right. yeah. But back then, he was a Met fan. And, you know, you're not going, you know, you're not delivering those papers right now. 
tie game in the tenth inning. What are you kidding me? You got you got a call from the governor. Yeah. He said, you, he said you could stick around and watch the game. But then that was great because now here here were the two of us in the pitch black after that game, bringing people to. For the, I mean, right. the news. The newspaper that I was delivering was talking about Game Five. Right. <laughs> game Six had just ended. Right. Nineteen eighty-six. Uh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jets. Uh, Jets. Jets. Patriots. Giants. Vikings, Vikings. and Josh Freeman starting. Wow. Uh, one. There it is. Our theme music for the Jets this season. They're fighting. They didn't fight this week. They did not fight this week. And I was not surprised. I said it, you know. Yep. I totally said it last week. Don't be surprised. And I didn't expect it to be this week. I just yeah. expected at some point it would it's happen. A trap. But... It, it was a trap. Oh, yeah. It was a trap. Sorry. Oh, boy, was I wrong. It's a trap. I know. <laughs> I was wrong. Admiral Akbar is trolling you again. That guy, he just hangs out. In, he's right behind me. What's he I'm, doing here? <laughs> he just waits until there's a, there's a game where perhaps one team is overlooking the team they're playing this week. My wife's wife, do we have to feed this guy again tonight? <laughs> what does Why? he eat? He's an admiral? Are you sure? Why is he playing with the Barbies, this guy? What does Admiral Akbar eat? Does he eat fish? <laughs> no. That would, be, that would be ironic. It. No, he's eating too much. Yes. He's a, by the way, he's a, cam, what is it, calamari? Calamari. But he's like, that's like, if you look up Admiral Akbar, like, that's his race. What? Calamari? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm going to look it up. Well, you, well, you prepare for the, uh, give me a quick thought on the, on the Patriots game. Mike, uh, how quick do you want this to be? It's going to be a tough game. One minute, 14 seconds. Okay going to be a tough game this week. I think that the Jets have always shown under the Rex Ryan era, we've seen this a lot today, that they do not do well against the Patriots in the second game of the season. Yeah. In fact, not doing well is probably being very kind. They get their butts kicked. And I don't know what to expect. And I talked about this last week. We, we all talked about this last week. It's such a weird team. I don't know what to expect from week to week. Can we expect the team we saw against Atlanta? Can we expect the team we saw against Pittsburgh? I don't know. Can we expect the, the team we saw against New England the first time? I, I, where they played them okay. You know, they went up to Foxborough. They, they, they played a decent game. I don't know what to expect. How, how long is that, by the way? Uh, one minute, 27. I went too long. Okay, yeah, I agree with everything you said, by the way. You, you, you don't, you don't hear know a word I said. I heard everything you said, and you don't know what to expect. That's what happens when you have a rookie quarterback. I just don't, you know. Um, I have a good feeling about this game, strangely. Why? Give me the Reader's Digest version of why you feel good about this. I hate the way they... <laughs> Dear sirs, I hate the way they match up against the Steelers. I always did. I, I hated that game. Um, I like the way they match up with the uh, with the Patriots this week. I just do. I think their defensive line is going to match up well. I think 
they can do enough, you know, uh, Joe Cap on turn on the Jets had it today, and I totally agree with this. You sit back and you play zone and you try not to give up the big play, keep everything in front of you, and you see if your front four, you know, you drop seven back, you see if the, that really good front four can generate pressure on Brady by themselves. If not, give up short stuff over the middle and make tackles. And on the offensive side of the ball, I think you're going to see a very similar game plan to the one in Atlanta, except with a heavier influence on the run because no Wolfork, no uh, Jared Mayo, Aqib Tlaib might not play in this game. The Jets should be able to run the ball really, really well against uh, the Patriots, and I think you can play a ball control. Look, I've said it 800 times, 801 now. Play good defense because you have one. Don't turn the ball over. You'll be in every game. It's that simple. For this team with that rookie quarterback who can make plays, it's don't, turn the ball, don't turn the ball over. You're in every game. I mean, even, even last week, they were driving. They were going to be down a touchdown. They were in the game late. Absolutely. Until he threw that pass. But they were down 16-6 right. to six at that time. They would have been down a field goal right. when, he threw the, when he threw that interception. So they had opportunities in that game, and he missed. You know, they should have gotten the safety there. They should have went for it on the fourth and two. They missed the deep ball, the one deep ball they had to Stephen Hill. I know that the Steelers hadn't generated turnovers coming into that game, but the Steelers are a turnover team. I don't feel like the Patriots are right now. I don't. I don't I'm not as afraid of the turnover when Geno Smith has the ball in this game as I was last week against the Steelers. I feel like they have a decent shot to win this game. I really do. Let me ask you a question. Sure. I say that a lot. You do, but it's sort of like your catchphrase. It's not really. It's just it's a non-sequitur. It's, non- it's, it's your thing. I don't know how to get out of it. I got, I'm working on it, though. 150, right. 150 episodes. I'm working on it. You're working on it. I'll get there by 200. What do you make of Josh Cribs? I can make a hat or a scarf or a brooch. Um... I'm sorry, I've been waiting 150 episodes to say that, <laughs> to, to use that line. What do you... I think, it's a, I think it's a good signing. I think people are going way overboard and, oh, it's, you know, he's, they need a punt and kick returner. Mm-hmm. He apparently showed enough in the workouts that he's healthy enough to play. Why not? It cost you like 50 bucks. You know, it's, it's like $550,000. It's, it's, in, in relative terms, it's peanuts. And you need help. They need a kick returner. They need a punt returner. They need somebody dynamic on the offense who can take the ball to the house since they lost Mike Goodson. Maybe you get a couple wildcat plays for him or something this week. You mix in a wrinkle or two. I'll tell you what. I'd like to see Josh Cribbs on one of those screens that they were running to Gates, one of those follow screens, you know, those quick slip screens where Gates Gates was just happy enough to catch the ball and fall down. Sure. So I I think it's a good signing. I think John Itzik has continued to – Make smart, low-risk, high-reward signings. All these guys, you know, Barnes got hurt and Goodson got hurt and they're out for the year and they're out all this money. They're not out any money. They're not out that much money at all. And these are injuries. You can't kill a guy for taking a chance on players who weren't injury-prone, by the way, and, and, and when they get injured. I guess our John Itzik getting killed this week for his free agent signings and Garrard and... He had about a million dollars to work with, and he had to rebuild the roster and build depth at every position. I'd say, you know, keep bringing people in. What have they made, like 18 roster moves since August? 
keep bringing people in. People get hurt. You got to pay. You got to find people that can play. I, I, I have, I think it's a good signing actually. What about the fact that he's been here for four minutes and he's already made a couple of uh, controversial comments? I, <laughs> I mean, he just got here. Hey, welcome aboard. I, I didn't have a problem with anything he said. He did, he did sort of throw Rex under the bus, though. A little bit. Where he said that Rex basically told the players not to have sex with their wives. Right. Uh, this weekend because they want to leave it all in the field or something. And so Rex had to uh, had to go back and say, "I never told them that. Not what I said. Uh, I it, whatever." I, uh, or you know, he, he says the NFL wants to take the kickoffs out because they want more commercials. He's right. It's just funny that he's been here. For, <laughs> he's been like, here ten minutes. He just walked through the door. He's still got his bag <laughs> on his shoulder, and he's already spewing comments. What can I say? Hey, fellas, welcome back. <laughs> the NFL is a disaster. Did you guys see League of Denial? <laughs> Crazy. All right, let's do the fun load. Okay. Let's do it. PJ had a big fun load thing, but he couldn't pull it off or something because he's working. I don't know. It's time for the RTU fun load. I love how he picks up the phone when he wants to talk. I know. <laughs> you can make fun. He looks like first time, long time. <laughs> like he's been on hold this whole time, trying to get through to the show. Like, all right, we just went to PJ, and he picked the phone up off a speaker. <laughs> he's waiting. PJ in Manhattan, you're on. RTU, Count St. Pete. How are you, PJ? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, first time, long time. Hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What, what, what do you want? Go ahead. Go ahead. Remember, Peach, remember that whole bit about... <laughs> Cal, I had... One day, I had PJ and uh, our buddy RJ in complete stitches. I will... If I do say so myself, it was pretty good. Because we were building the studio, and we were listening... I had them listening to WFAN. This is well before PJ even knew what sports talk radio yeah, was. Maybe the third time in my life I'd heard a sports broadcast, ever. Right. And I had this the, just so I ten had years the, ago, right? So I had the I had WFAN on while we were building the studio, and PJ and RJ, you know, admitted non really big sports guys were like, "How do you listen? What is happening? How do you listen to this?" And there was one guy who called in. Cal, he must have been holding for like an hour and a half, and he was so nervous when he got on air that he was like, "Um, hi, yeah, hi, first time, long time. I just I feel like." Mike Piazza's maybe just not uh, being respected, and I just, oh, okay. And, like, he got off. And from then on, we did the nervous caller where he was just like, hi, first of all, oh, God, nervous, sweating. <laughs> he first slowly got Tourette's. Yeah. Right. And he just started, vagina, I don't respect right. Piazza. <laughs> like, he just, he couldn't, he couldn't control himself. He was so nervous. Oh, Calling great. about the Yankees, bosoms. <laughs> what did I say, bosoms? Ah! Really like yeah. the show? Jimmy from Teaneck, you're on the fan. Hi, uh, first time caller, nervous, vagina, pet, piazza, home run. Uh, oh. And then it, of course, devolved into Jerry Lewis. The lady. Jerry Lewis calling the fan. Right. Lady, nervous with the piazza. Nervous. calling. Ah. 
Nerd with the ball Jared, in the glove. There's oh. the baseball. Oh. Jerry uh, from Atlantic City. <laughs> You're on. Jerry from Atlantic City. <laughs> Well, wait, hold, wait a second, wait a second. You, you mean to tell me you're doing a telethon right now on the phone, okay? A telethon. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, okay. Like I was just born. So. <laughs> on TV for 24 hours? Thank you. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's another, there's another clown, okay? Now, <laughs> I want to talk about baseball. Ah, oh, there he is. He's got the... the Jerry, in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Jerry with the cough drop is my favorite. That's my favorite Jerry Lewis. <laughs> These are wonderful children. Who are doing wonderful things. Click, click, click. <laughs> Mike Piazza deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure. He's doing a telephone. Yeah. Oh, we've got a comedian on the phone. <laughs> No, we, we we literally do, Mike. <laughs> um, okay, Peach, what's the uh, fun loot? We have a double shot from uh, from Jay Mafali. But first, I have to say, Jay Mafali uh, and I had a conversation, uh, and it got quite heated and a little <laughs> ugly. Uh, Great about his <laughs> about his theme music. He wants theme music. Jay Mafali wants theme music. Is that what he wants, or is that what you want? This is what we arrived at. That we're going to leave it like that. Yikes! I can't even imagine that conversation. If that's what you arrived at, <laughs> he loves that movie. <laughs> Probably his favorite movie. Yes. We, in a, in we, a nutshell, he beat he beat me down and uh, and got good. exactly what he wanted, and I uh, I I got nothing out of it. Sounds like a great interaction. At least you didn't. At least you didn't wind up paying him. Right. <laughs> so we got a double I, shot from. Good. No. You are nervous. Nervous. <laughs> My Germanus. I'm getting louder and louder over here. People are coming the down office. the hallway and looking at me. Jesse Orozco, nervous. So we got funlets. The last, the last funlet was uh, a big wheel versus tricycle. Excellent day. Right, which we did. Uh, the, the next one is name the oldest piece of clothing you own and still wear. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mine's mine's easy. Good. It's a jersey that I got in seventh grade. Uh, it's a jet jersey that I got in seventh grade that has the number seven on the back and my name. What does seven mean now? Seven was Ken O'Brien at the time, uh, who was my favorite jet, my second favorite jet at the time. Wesley Walker was my first favorite jet. Um, and so I asked for a jet jersey with my name on the back, which, of course, you can't wear past the age of, like, 50. So I did wear it to a Jets Bills game in Buffalo in 2000. I was 20. Should be noted. Uh, still fit. Still fit. I tried it on recently. Very tight. <laughs> I was a big kid though, so as Cal knows, he knew me then. 
He knew me Chunky in seventh boy. grade. Chunky boy. And you win. And it was big. It was bought big uh, to be, you know, to have heavy clothes worn under to go to Jet Games with. Mm-hmm. So that was 1986. Christmas, 1986. Very good. Very All good. right, Cal. Cal, what do you got? Is this something that I would wear in public? Is this match? Yeah, what is this? Pyramid? Or, uh... <laughs> I need clarification. I need... Something a monkey would wear. Would I wear... No, well, I have... <laughs> I have a black L.A. gear sweatshirt. Oh, boy. That I would never dare wear out of the house. I but think I, have... I know this sweatshirt. But I... It's got holes in the sleeves. It's, you know... Well worn, maybe from nineteen ninety one ish. Okay. But you have no problem putting it on and walking around the house and it and letting yes. your daughter see you in it and Yes. I'll wear it around the house. So that I counts. won't wear it out. Okay. So that, that that's definitely it. counts. LA you have gear. To, I you have to take a run to the store for uh milk. A loaf of bread container of milk stick of butter. I won't wear that out. You will take that off you. and put something else on. Yes. Something newer. Just to run to Dairy Barn. You will take that off. Dairy Barn. They don't have those anymore. What? They're no, just... No bridge? They're called simply The Barn. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, that's more cosmopolitan, sure. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Okay. We're going to run out hear... of live show time. We're going to run out of live show time. So, so say, say goodbye to everybody lively. We'll say... What? Step lively. Live? What? Steps lively, son. <laughs> what? Uh, thank you for listening. If you've been listening to the live program, please go to www.rtusports.com and subscribe to the podcast. Um, we will be back next week with a new show. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a guest, a very special guest. Mm. Very sexy guest. I don't know who that is either. Yeah, everybody's shaking their heads. Great. Um, but thank you for listening to the live show. Uh, we will probably do a little bit of overtime, so definitely check out the podcast, which will be on iTunes tomorrow. Goodbye, live show. Goodbye. Good. <laughs> Goodbye. What, did you put them on the ice floe and set them out to sea? <laughs> Just pushed it off. Okay, we're in overtime. Can we not call it overtime? Every show does that. You, you, you're doing extra it. innings? That's even worse. Far worse. Yeah. Can we, can we use something with RTU? It is the name of the show. What is soccer fourth called? Dessert. Injury time? Just call it Injury time. <laughs> No, injury time. That's what there we're it calling it. Like wait, what, wait, what did he call it? Post-dessert? Fourth, fourth dessert. Oh, forced dessert. Yes. Fourth, fourth, like the oh, number fourth, four. Fourth, 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 oh. fourth. Not forced. Fourth, what am I, creepy? Fourth dessert. <laughs> Eat the egg glare. <laughs> Eat it now. <laughs> now, my, my question is, you hear Steve's story... San Pete's story, and you can you, you sort of you understand why he kept it because it's a it's a Jets jersey and it's meaningful. So my question is, why do you still have an LA Gear shirt twenty some years later? Does it mean something? Uh, well, it's comfortable. Why has it survived? <laughs> no. There's a reason it right. survived. Purge after purge. Right. This is comfortable. You got to college. You've been married. Is he going to go to Sears? <laughs> I just, I don't know. 
How has it survived? There I has guess, to be something special about I, it. There, there, is, there really isn't. I guess it's gotta, there's got to be some sort of subconscious reason why I don't get rid of it, but it's, you know, and it's got a hole in the back of the neck. You it's, don't wear it out. Don't. No, something happened with this sweatshirt. No, nothing happened. It's ratty. It's very short, too. Does it remind you of an old girlfriend? No, because I don't have any that (laughs) outlast this shirt. That's that's pretty true, actually. It's the same one. (laughs) It's pretty much just the one. That's just just the one then. Put it this way: his wife knew him when he owned this sweatshirt. She might have bought it for. She might might have purchased it for. I don't know. It was kind of like a forced dessert. There is a possibility. It's a lot like a forced dessert. It's a lot like a forced dessert. Forced. I'm just jello. Wear the shirt. <laughs> there's a there's an outside chance if I my recall since it's so old I don't remember. There's an outside chance it was my sister's sweatshirt. Wow, the plot thickens that I stole. This is getting very good. Perhaps so, I don't know. Perhaps it was the theft. And the thrill of the steal, of the of the stealing of the sweatshirt that makes you keep it. Maybe Do you, or does she perhaps, know you have it? Perhaps it's the cross dressing that no one else knows is happening. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> no one knows that I'm cross dressing right now. I don't even know. It just every time I do it, I forget. That's right. How did I end up in this sweatshirt? This lady's L.A. gear sweatshirt. <laughs> it's a black sweatshirt, to be fair. It's unisex, is could, what you're saying. Could go either way. Is right. it because it's slimming? Because black it is, is nothing, slimming? It is not, I cannot, I have to wear a shirt underneath it. <laughs> of course you do, otherwise it's a half sweatshirt. <laughs> it looks like a half sweatshirt. Next week, um, I demand to see this shirt. <laughs> I will get it. Cal's a maniac, a maniac, when he's on the floor. That's exactly what it looks like. Are you Michael Cimbello? <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> he, I, his shirt. I, I have another question. <laughs> Sorry about the shirt. <laughs> Back to the, to the shirt. You asked if, it was, if, if it's very slimming. It's black, it's very slimming. But that can't be it. You don't wear it out. No, I didn't say that it was slimming. Right, PJ asked that, but I, I'm, I'm answering for him can't be because he looks good in it because he doesn't wear it out. Right. It's ill-fitting at best right now. Mm. Perhaps that's it. Maybe you want to look ill-fitting. Uh, right. Look, you, don't you ever have, you know, you've got your clothes that you wear and you wake up on a Saturday and you, you think, I'm not going to waste today on something that I wear all the time. I can't put on something, this is just me, that I can't wear out of the house. Like if the house, like I, I'm, do you I'm worry telling, if the house was on fire? And the you house is on out? fire. I have got to be wearing something that I could run out of the house in. That's I, it's completely impractical for me to get up on a Saturday morning and put on a piece of clothing that I can't run to the store in. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I I can't do it. I mean, I don't. I only have a. Sh- I wear this shirt maybe three or four months out of the year. It's available to me. I wouldn't wear it when the weather is warm. I just love that you. I love the juxtaposition now of of the import of the shirt that has survived. 
literally <laughs> like, the, like the Jews wandering in the desert. Like it survived. This it, this thing is. I'm a. It's a miraculous sweatshirt. I purge know. after purge after purge. I can't and get yet, rid of it now. And you know. And yet you won't wear it out. I don't understand. Would you? Let's all put on our favorite piece of clothing and meet somewhere. <laughs> as long as it's at my house, that's fine. Come on over. <laughs> we'll all meet in my kitchen. Just have to be in your living room. Uh, well, well, what's, what's PJ's answer? Yeah, what's yours? What is the bishop? bishop? Mine is also a shirt, and it is a black sweatshirt with a big panda bear on it <laughs> that I bought... <laughs> the first, the first day of college, the day the I moved in. First day of your job on the MTA, right? <laughs> With the MTA money. I went down to the uh, school bookstore and I picked out a sweatshirt, and everybody was buying school sweatshirts that said the name of the school, which was Binghamton. Sure. But I refused. I refused because I was different, and I bought a panda bear shirt, and across the top it said. <laughs> endangered <laughs> and the panda looks sad a very sad panda and I think I've worn that shirt very durable sweatshirt I've worn it probably once every weekend since that since 1989 oldest piece of clothing <laughs> and my kids try to borrow it and I will not let them wear it they love to wear it as like a poncho, maybe to, to paint or something, a junk shirt, and I won't let them damage it because that's <laughs> my sad panda shirt. Endangered? In, in, in big, bold red caps. Endangered. Oh, so many questions. Oh, I was such that kid in 1989. First of all, you were you – were, Maybe one. That's one of the greatest examples of that guy I've ever heard. That, like I college. Such, oh, you were that guy. Such a guy. Oh yeah. Oh, you don't even know. You don't even know about the pandas. First of all, I just learned about them. But you don't even know. <laughs> Second of all, how did you not name one of your bands in college "Endangered"? <laughs> because you had that sweatshirt. Like that's just—I feel like you missed a golden opportunity there. I, really I did. Do. I did. That is an opportunity missed. You're right. And my last question, and I'll turn the floor over to Cal. Is um, uh, so you—you you do wear this out. I've seen this sweatshirt. To be honest with you, if I got to run to Home Depot, the shirt stays on. Certainly. Yeah, I've seen the sweatshirt. The, I mean, I wouldn't wear it till I go. Well, see. The, the the writing and the panda are kind of flaking away now, so now it's kind of like a white blob with a paw, and it says like Definitely you know, endangered. yeah, it says endangered, but the you know the the writing is all wrecked and everything. Dang. It just says danger, and danger. it's a big yeah, white might, blob. Yeah, <laughs> might just say dang in the middle. <laughs> dang, panda, dang. So I got some paint splotches on it, but uh, I still wear it out. Because I'm that kind of slob. Oh. So now you've... You... Yes, you This has survived many... You've moved several times. And oh, yeah. Is, I've, this has survived on purpose, right? Not counting college, college moves, uh, as a post-college, I've moved five times. 
Wow, lightweight. Go look at my rack, baby. The notorious lightweight. <laughs> yes, the notorious, notorious lightweight. lightweight. Go look at my resume, buddy. I moved five times in one year. <laughs> well, you're silly like that. But every time yeah. I went, I never, I've never considered throwing it out. Never, 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 never. Right. Like my question was more like, did it survive by accident off the bat, and then it became a thing? No, so my I wife holds we- it up. Every once in a while, Tina will pick it up and look, wave it at me and go, really? Still? And I tell her, don't touch it. Fold it. Put it back. That's, that sweatshirt's endangered. It is. It's 24 years old, and it's got no holes. When, they are looking, when they're looking to get rid of it, do you ever flash the same face that the panda is making? <laughs> that oh, PJ. We can't get rid of this shirt. My happiness is endangered. <laughs> no my, holes. No, my nostalgia is endangered. Yes. Oh, it does bring oh, me back. Great. Wow. So I guess PJ wins. No, Cal, Cal wins. I don't oh, think so. Not a Cal, Cal wins. Come on. Without a doubt. He wins. We have no idea why this black L.A. gear sweatshirt has survived. The test he is keep, no, he is keeping something out of the conversation, I and agree. we are going to break I'm him not, down eventually. I am absolutely not. I promise you. Well, I don't think you're aware of it at this point. I think you need to be actually psychoanalyzed, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Maybe that'll be in episode 300. I'll have to <laughs> wear it. Get to that one. You, oh, you have to wear it next week. Next we're, week all, yeah. we're all wearing these articles of clothing for the show next week. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. screenshots, and we're going to put them online. I'm, oh. I'm going to be honest with you, fellas. Mine's a little tight. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little... It occurred to Load me with that... with Cal and the sausage. Yeah, it occurred... <laughs> look, at the, look at the jet sausage. <laughs> In a throwback. It's a throwback jet sausage. Uh, by the way, Cal, just uh, before we wrap up the show here, Admiral Akbar uh, from Wikipedia. Wikipedia. From oh, Wikipedia? That's clever. That's I like that. Yes. Star Wars Wikipedia. Okay. Um, uh, and Admiral Akbar, whose first name is Gial, G-I-A-L, Gial Akbar was a male Mon Calamari who became the foremost military commander of the Alliance to Restore the Republic and its successor government, the New Republic. He is a male Mon Calamari. That's his race. M-O-N space C-A-L-A-M-A-R-I. Calamari. He's that is a nerd. He's, he is absolutely... Mongalamon. Mongalamon. <laughs> so, you thought I was making it up. I am the, the Mon Calamari, also known as Calamari, Calamarian, Moncal, Moncalamarians, or rarely Moncala, were one of the sentient species indigenous to the world of Dak. This sounds like a run of jokes on the Big Bang Theory now. Yes, if it hasn't been already. Right. Yeah. Nerd! <laughs> Does any okay. of that get me a girlfriend? Shut <laughs> up, nerd. <laughs> beat, 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 joke, beat, beat, joke. Girlfriend, Mon Calamari, too. <laughs> beat, beat, joke. We're nerds. Beat, beat, joke. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have a ton of respect for the show. What would Jerry Lewis be like on Big Bang Theory? 
<laughs> oh, that's Jerry Lewis. Okay. The Enterprise. <laughs> it's a ship. Oh, oh, now I'm supposed to believe you're, you're a scientist. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, you're a scientist. Okay. I'm not sure what I like better, what I, what I like more. <laughs> Telethon Jerry Lewis or Frances's reaction to ter- Telethon Jerry Lewis calling him up. <laughs> Very dismissive. Okay. Now you know you like CBS shows now. Okay. That's that's who you are. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let, let me guess. You you're raising money for charity. That's that's what you do, right? Okay. Yeah. You're in your basement. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what you want to do. Okay. I was born on I was born on a day. Okay. It wasn't yesterday. I've been doing this for 25 years. 25 years. You want to, you want to talk about raising money? I probably have it all. <laughs> he, he he dropped 25 years about seven times with the Redskins conversation. All the time. I want to uh, I want to get PJ's opinion on that next week. What, My right? opinion? No, the Redskins. No, Bill oh. Cosby's opinion. <laughs> we want Bill Cosby's opinion on the Washington Redskins. Go on. You shall have it. <laughs> PJ, final unload. Uh, final unload. Uh, we still got the big fun load coming, Theo. <laughs> uh, and and it, it it will it will happen. Rudy, sit down. Uh, Claire, I just wanted to say um, big thing happened today. Also, so congratulations to Cory Booker for being a looker. <laughs> Oh boy. Um follow that. <laughs> yesterday, Tuesday, uh, a new album came out from one of my favorite bands of the nineties. And, ah! and we haven't heard from them in quite some time and I just I, I wanna say thank you and welcome back, Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> And my final mode. I snarfed. <laughs> can't follow. Can't follow that one either. Uh, there was a great piece. Uh, speaking of Pearl Jam, there was a really good piece on ESPN, which is very difficult for me to even say these days, uh, about uh, former Saint Steve Gleason, who has ALS, um, and his uh, relation to Pearl Jam and its music and his, uh, his battle to make a running uh, video diary to leave for his son. And Pearl Jam actually interviewed him. And uh, holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. It's definitely a piece worth seeing. And uh, I just strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that if you uh, do see it, make sure you dust in that room before you watch it. Because uh, it is... It's really great. It's really great. I'm going to send it. Uh, Cal, I, I think you saw it. I've seen it. But uh, PJ, I'll send it to you. I defy you not to weep openly. Um, it's really, I it's started really weeping wonderful. at the description. <laughs> it's really, it really is a wonderful piece. So go, go check that out. And you can just Google uh, Steve Gleason and Pearl Jam. And it was really a great, a great story. And uh, there's so much crap in sports right now that this... Uh, this poor guy who was suffering uh, quite a bit 
uh, is having some joy from Pearl Jam and from football and from his son. And uh, it was a great story. So check that out. Okay, way to bring the whole freaking show down. Great job, everybody. Sad also, Panda. Also, Pearl Jam new album. It's pretty good. I listened to it already. Um, Very good. I, I'm sure. I'm sure you're all surprised to hear me say that. Okay, we'll see you next. We'll see you next week for Brian Calvi, PJ Cachopo. I'm Steve San Pietro. We unloaded. That's that's the new that's the new one, guys. Oh. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, Steve, you probably shouldn't have said anything again. <laughs> <laughs> you lost. Good night. Be catchphrases. <laughs> see if if you draw attention to it. See. <laughs> that being said <laughs> that said <laughs> beep, beep over <laughs> <laughs>